Hello, beloved. Welcome to the Sacred Sister Podcast, where we normalize the magic and sacralize the mundane. In this podcast, we open up dialogue on metaphysical subjects, self-healing tools, expanding consciousness, and deepening awareness. We're here to support you in co-creating a life full of healing, meaning, and magic. If you're brand new here, welcome and hello. We're so excited to have you here. If you want to know more what has come before, season one is great for foundation of spiritual practices. Season two is focusing on relationships. Season three is featuring conscious entrepreneurs who are spearheading their sacred mission. And now we are in season four, where we're bringing fresh perspective to outdated systems and creating sustainable foundations for the new earth that's birthing. Since it's the season of the emperor, we're going to be mostly focusing on male voices this season. And the lineup of the season is fire. So make sure to subscribe if you're not already. I'm your host, Britt, certified self-inquiry and alignment-based smart flow yoga instructor, self-healing song channel, and personal transformation coach, guiding women to gain radical self-awareness in order to reconnect with their most expressive and vibrant self. And I'm your host, Hannah, a certified astrologer, ordained priestess, and rebirth coach. And I help women integrate past life and ancestral traumas to give birth to their higher self and manifest their wildest dreams into reality. We're really grateful that you're here. And together, we're here to serve as your sacred sister. Let's dive in. Hello, sacred beings, and welcome to another episode of Sacred Sister Podcast. We are very excited about diving into the interview today. Who are we sitting down with? So we actually have featured this guest before. His name is Matthew Micheletti. We call him Matt. And Matt was actually on with his beautiful wife, Ash Cottrell, in season two, episode eight, which featured the art of conscious coupling and showing up to love fully. So we highly, highly suggest after you're done listening to today's episode, if his energy, his vibe, his radiating (laughs) force resonates with you, to go and check out that episode especially if you're interested in what it takes to have a lasting marriage and how to work through conflicts and time and shadows and, you know, working through issues as a conscious couple. So what's up with Matt? We wanted to specifically feature him, and today's episode, you've noticed, is called Your Hero's Journey, and that's because Matt offers a program that is a holistic and alternative approach to traditional therapy. What he offers is spiritual counseling based on the themes of consciousness and inner work. So a little backstory on the inner work, he and his beautiful wife, Ash, co-authored a book called The Inner Workbook, and I have it, I've read it, it's so good. It is just blowing up, I'm so proud of them. It's a really, really direct way of looking at the ways that you are unhappy in your life and the things that you may be downtrodden about. I love that he says on the website, let's pull out the root of your issue instead of trimming the leaves. And I want to read you a little excerpt about your hero's journey, just so that you can get a little idea about the approach that he takes to his spiritual counseling. 
So it says, over time, all of us accumulate layers and scars of who we are not, whether it be through trauma, hardships, or the daily grind of life that just wears us down. But these experiences don't have to break us and identify us. Instead, they can initiate us to face our heroic awakening. The awakening is when you realize that there is so much more to you than what you are experiencing, and you know something is off, but you can't seem to figure out how to break free. But you feel, most importantly, that it's time to do something about it. Welcome, courageous soul. You are in good company. I love that so much, and I feel like that little paragraph evokes his radiating, just like palpable energy, and this is going to lead us right into the human design portion of the intro. I really love giving the human design type and the incarnation cross so that we can better understand the way that Matt is showing up fully in his life and how he's literally living his path right now (laughs) in this moment. I want to let you know before we head into that, that today's episode is going to be talking on addiction and his program, Your Hero's Journey. We also speak on Matt's journey out of addiction, religion's influence on guilt and shame, how to empower an addict. We talk about how the ego twists spiritual teachings, turning your wounds into your gifts, and how to rise above others who pull us back into that comfort zone space. And Matt and Ash actually created a workshop series, an online workshop series called Revealed and Healed for couples who are dealing with the effects of pornography addiction. It's something they're really open about. I think it's amazing. I think not enough people talk about pornography addiction. If you look at the statistics, 9 out of 10 men are using and addicted or have been in the past and 3 out of 10 women. So it's really important for us to break down the stigma and break down down the dogmatic views that we just have about pornography in general and really look at the ways that they affect the brain. And we're talking about that more in this episode. We also have the link if you are interested in potentially working with Matt on a one-on-one format in your hero's journey. So we have those links in the description box below. And I also want to let you know that Hannah and I started that Patreon page. Get over there, especially in this episode, because (laughs) if you noticed, Hannah and I do not talk a lot in this episode because Matt is just so on fire. (laughs) And we actually really appreciate that. Um, We love when guests come with just this total force. And Hannah and I, the purpose for the Patreon page is that we are sharing our own personal experiences, and just having commentary about the episode. So head on over to Sacred Sister Podcast on Patreon, support us there, and it's a place for us to be growing our community. So first things first, taking a look at the human design type. Matt is a manifester. So there are manifestors, there are generators, there are manifesting generators, and Matt is the manifester type. Manifestors compose of about 9% of the population, so they are one of the more rare human design types. Their strategy is to inform others of their decisions before they take action in order to eliminate resistance. (laughs) I feel like Matt literally pretty much says that verbatim later in the interview, and he says that that's one of the things that makes him a really awesome counselor because he just loves informing people of the consequences of their actions because naturally, As humans, we want to choose the best thing for ourselves. 
so we talk more about that later. So when manifestors can't manifest in peace, they do experience anger, and that is the not-self of the manifestor. Manifestors are designed to have a powerful impact and be initiating mechanisms for the other types, and initiating is kind of their gift to the world, which I completely see within Matt's expression. The incarnation cross for Matt is found in the quarter of initiation, where purpose is fulfilled through the mind. It's found in gate 25, where the keyword is innocence, and it is the left angle cross of healing. Nothing makes me more happy than reading these little incarnation crosses for our guests because I feel like they just so purely depict the core essence of our guest being that they're expressing here on the show. And I do this so that all of you hopefully will be inspired if you haven't already to look into your human design type. You can do this in so many ways. You can book a consultation with a human design expert, which I highly recommend, but you can also go onto humandesignamerica.com, enter your birth date, time and location and get to googling sister <laughs> google is your best friend when it comes to spodyaya or self-study especially in looking into these systems because you can look up what is this incarnation cross mean what is this profile type what is this human design type what is the not self mean what is this what is this what is this I myself have accumulated thousands and thousands of hours of my own personal Svadhyaya practice, which translates to self-study in the yogic system. And as a Sun, Mercury, Venus, and Jupiter in Gemini, it is my greatest pleasure to ask a bajillion questions. <laughs> so get curious and get exploratory about yourself. I promise you, you will find things that you probably have always known about yourself but never really knew how to communicate it outwardly. So getting back to Matt's left angle cross of healing, this looks like people who are focused on maintaining the joy and quality of life through the love of being alive in a healthy body. People who have a special sensitivity for those struggling with disease and people who are here to heal or to be healed through the medicine of living a healthy life. I feel like if there's one thing that you'll get about Matt, it's that he's freaking so passionate <laughs> about helping people live a healthy life. Hello, he's authored a book called The Inner Work. <laughs> this is his purpose here in this life, and I think that he expresses it beautifully. We're going to head into Hannah's astrology segment now, and I hope that you really enjoy the episode. Bye. Hello, sacred being. This is your host, Hannah, and we are now looking into the inner blueprint of Matt. And this is the section that I really love. We are looking into the Western astrology chart of Matt to kind of see what archetypes are dominant and prominent within his chart, within his sun, moon, and rising sign, so that you have an idea of what his main energies are, and while you're listening to the interview, you may notice some of those energies. So let's dive in. Matt's sun is in Libra, in the second house. The sun is the way that we shine our light. 
the way that we feel fulfilled and joyful in life. And with his sun being in Libra, Matt shines his light fully when he is in partnership. And being part of the yoga couple together with his wife Ash really shows that beauty of his Libra sun coming out. And interestingly enough, Ash's sun is also in Libra. And we actually have an episode with both of them in the second season on conscious relationship. And that's where I am reading the chart of both of them together. So if you haven't checked that out yet, listen to it now. It is absolutely amazing. Just as this episode too. So much beautiful pieces of information and passion and love. So yeah, so this is the Sun in Libra. Sun in Libra is all about harmony and peace, bringing balance to others, learning how to co-create, co-create with a partner, but also co-create in sync with life. Being in a second house, he enjoys the simple things. Second house is the house of Taurus. Taurus is an earth sign, very grounded to the natural world, to plants, connected to mother nature. And stopping and smelling the roses and realizing the beauty of the simple moments and honoring those and indulging in this physical realm. So this is also part of what makes Matt really special is seeing the specialness and the joy of the simple pleasures of life. His moon is in Aries in the eighth house conjunct his Mars retrograde. Mars actually rules Aries, so we have a very strong Aries energy here with his moon, and it makes a lot of sense. Aries is the warrior, the trailblazer, the hero. Aries is a cardinal fire sign. It's all about motivation and inspiration and blazing the fire within and sparking that fire within others. And that is especially in the area of the 8th house, that's the house of Scorpio, that's the house of psychology, the house of shadow, the house of anything that goes on beyond the surface. Anything taboo that we may not want to talk about, anything that is considered dark or considered in our subconscious, research, this is all something that Matt feels very connected to and very interested in, and he has a natural affinity to understanding things on a deeper level. He's also a trailblazer in the way that he sees psychology and the way that he helps others transform their lives. His rising sign is in Virgo, and Virgo is the helper, an organizer, and sage. So with his Virgo energy, it's really important for Virgo to have healthy routines, healthy habits, practice, being as pure as possible. Virgo is all about hygiene and cleansing and really being discerning of what we allow into our body, mind, soul, and spirit. And the more he is like that, the more he recharged he feels and the more powerful and confident he feels within himself. His self-notice in Virgo, so it can lead sometimes to perfectionism and being overcritical about himself. So this is part of his soul's purpose in this lifetime, to feel into that Pisces energy and feel that compassion and forgiveness 
for himself, that unconditional love for himself as he feels that for others. And so this is it from Matt. If you are interested in learning more about your own inner blueprint, you can go onto my website, hannahchristensen.com, and with the special code SACREDSIS, you get a special discount for the inner blueprint reading. I'm looking forward to connecting with you. And then there's another way that you can connect with us as well. It is on Instagram, at Sacred Sister Podcast. We are featuring quotes from all of our episodes from our guests and artists and videographs and audiographs and fun backstories. So go check us out on Instagram at Sacred Sister Podcast. And that is it for me. And now we're going to go into the interview. It was so much fun to record this. Matt made it really easy on us. <laughs> so many bombs of wisdoms, truth bombs that he was dropping. So relax, lean back and enjoy. into this space, come into this moment and just feel your body, close your eyes, wherever you are, if you're sitting, if you're laying down, if you're driving, whatever it is that you're up to, just feel into the moment, whether you can close your eyes or not, just feel your body, feel your breath. Become present with this precious sacred moment of your life and realize that this is eternity right now this is your eternal life this is your most epic journey all your hopes your dreams your happiness your love, your satisfaction, it's all available right here, right now. There's nowhere to go. There's nothing else to do or become. All that potential, all that joy is always right here. This is the eternal moment. For today's intention, we want to welcome in this acceptance of love for ourselves joy for ourselves, happiness for ourselves, accepting that it's not somewhere else in some other time or some other place, but that all it is is the willingness to finally let ourselves feel it right now. So we welcome in that acceptance. We welcome in that allowance 
to let ourselves feel the joy of our journey here and now with each breath. Nowhere to go, nothing to do. This is it. Big deep breath into that. And exhale. Let's dive deep into this moment and share some sacred time together. So beautiful. Yes, thank you so much. And welcome, welcome back to Sacred Sister Podcast, Matt. We haven't seen you in a little while. Yeah, thanks. Glad to be back. And it's going to be cool to... um, to enjoy and, and, and share this energy um, just on my own and see maybe what comes out of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't had that many opportunities to just have conversations with you by yourself. So I'm super excited to have this time with you. Thank you so much for coming and sitting with us today. And something that your meditation just sparked inside me, um, I think is so important just to bring to the forefront before we get started, which is that beautiful sentiment that you brought, which is don't feel like you need to get somewhere like you're here in this eternal moment. Mm -hmm. It can feel so much like we need to experience the healing and do the shadow work and, you know, practice our sadhana for 30 straight days before we come into the enlightened state or whatever. And the way that you worded it just made me think of like this seed that's inside of me. And if we have the intention to connect with that present moment and just be at peace with where we are right now, we can at least start to see some veils or shrouds that might be standing in our way of like, well, how do I connect to that intention and what might be standing in the way so that I can address it and really move through it so I can connect on that deeper level? Mm -hmm. That's one of the biggest things that I've noticed uh, is like we we always create a destination. We always create uh, an arbitrary thing that we have to do first. (laughs) And it's always here though. Even when you get there, it'll be in this moment. And so I, I really, um, I love to always remind myself of that personally too, because we can get so action oriented, achievement oriented when it's like, Hey man, you could also enjoy the whole journey though. <laughs> yes. Yes. And isn't it so interesting? You know, we'll be talking a lot about addictions in this episode and isn't that also part of it, how it's kind of taking us away from just enjoying the present moment and just being okay with where you're at. Um, and it's like, it's almost like with the social media addiction, for example, it's almost like, oh, I have some free time. Oh my gosh, I have to check my phone, go through Instagram, scroll through, you know? And then we're like, oh, wait, what am I missing right now? Mm. Why am I doing this? Because the eternal moment is really there. And do I need to fill it with distractions or can I just be present? Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah absolutely yeah I, I'm excited to to dive into that because that's a huge um that's definitely a huge one you know that that addiction to escape when in reality whatever we think we get from whatever the addiction is is actually totally present without 
any negative side effect or any consequences other than just being present. <laughs> uh, and it's funny, you know, we, we become addicted to things because of the feeling we get from surrendering to it. But the irony is um, that surrender could, could be accessed without the substance if we learn how to tap into the feeling directly. Because the substance usually always has a negative side effect. So how can we get the positive that we love from whatever that is and then without any negative repercussions? <laughs> that's what I found really incentivizes and motivates um, people who have addictions is because, I mean, why are we addicts in the first place? Because we crave the good part. That's what we enjoy. So we have to motivate and incentivize that you can still get that. In fact, you can get it even in better form because you won't have the hangover. You won't have the drawdown. You won't have the wasted time where you're like, wow, I just was on my phone for hours. Like, what did I just do with my day? And the guilt, right? And yeah. the shame that we can place on ourselves that it's like, sure. we know inside of ourselves that the, um, the after effects don't feel good. That hangover doesn't feel good. And we know there's a part of our, our eternal spirit and our higher selves that knows that what it is that we're doing with ourselves in that moment or what it is that we're running away from. Yes, it's uncomfortable and we wish that it wasn't there. We like want it so badly to go away or we're resisting so strongly. But also sometimes it's easier to just say like, oh, whatever, it's just like one more day and I can just hate myself for making this action one more day because I don't know how to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm, I'm interested um, if you're, you've been really open with sharing about your own addiction journey and um, where do you, how has it started for you? Where do you come from? How did you got into um, addictions? And then also how did you heal yourself? And then ultimately now became, you know, a coach and really a healer for others to move through those addictions as well. Yeah, I would say um, I followed a pretty classical route of coming from a place of repression. So because of uh, religious oppression in the form of, um, now a caveat here is I live an incredibly pure life, right? So I am, I totally believe in all the things that technically were taught to me. So that's what's ironic coming full circle. But what I have learned from it is the way it was taught to me was the painful part. So what I mean by this is I was taught not to drink. I was taught not to gamble. I was taught not to look at porn. I was taught not, I was taught very morally to stay away from these things. However, it was under the guise of shame and guilt, which is like, don't do it or else you're bad. Don't do it or else you're sinful. Don't do it or else you're going to hell. Don't do it or else you basically suck. And it created this, um, me in particular, I'm a pretty stubborn person in the form of, I like to learn things myself. So mm -hmm. what I've, what I learned from that is when we teach children and especially just people in general, but when we teach humans not to do something without any respect for their freedom, the stronger, more independently willed of us will rebel against that because we're like, here's what I found about the human ego. That's so fascinating. The human ego will destroy itself if it's proving a point. 
So I destroyed myself on several occasions, got myself to suicidal lows, planned to commit, you name it. I've hit bottom a million times, hurt so many people, hurt myself, really messed up a lot of times. But here's why it's so fascinating to observe is deep down, I felt like I was proving a point. You will not tell me what to do. You will not tell me to do or don't do something. I will decide. And here's what I've noticed from working with people who struggle with addiction is this typically tends to be one of the biggest core roots as to why we self-sabotage is because we want to be respected for our ability to choose. So with all that being said, now I, I, I incorporate this when, whenever I, when I was a school teacher, when I teach kids, when I work with adults, I always do the same method. And here is the best way for anyone listening who has kids or if you have a partner who struggles with this stuff, whatever it is, here is the, the formula that really respects freedom while also teaching the genuine things to look out for. Because yeah, addiction will ruin your life. That's a real thing we need to be aware of. But how do you teach that in a way where it doesn't make someone feel repressed and oppressed and then uh, want to rebel and do it anyway? <laughs> so the thing that I kind of found is through that rebellion, right? So like maybe when I was a teenager, um, I started drinking, started having sex, started experimenting. It wasn't actually, I guess, that wild. It was really just drinking and being having sex and stuff when I was told not to, you know, don't do that before you're married, stuff like that. Um, and though that was where it started, eventually, um, oh, I would say also at the same time was pornography. So we're talking like 15. So definitely a solid 15 years with most of those. Now with marijuana and alcohol, there were gaps and things, but pornography was the most consistent, the most destructive, the most ridiculously horrible effects on me. And they ruined my brain the most, I would say. Drinking didn't help either though. So um, through that time of pressing it down, it was all coming from a place of rebellion right? Like, don't do it, Matt. Don't, you can't do that. And that's a good way to put it too, is like, you can't, you can't do that. I was like, please, I'll show you that I can do that. And then lying, hiding behind my parents, you know, doing everything I can. And then my ego thinks it's so smart because I'm being told I can't do something or not to do something. I'm like, jokes on you. I'm totally doing it. But you don't know that because my ego thinks it's outsmarted you. So this is this crazy thing about the human ego. It will destroy itself to prove a point. It will commit suicide if it's proving a point. It will literally destroy itself. And when I've worked with people who have, who have attempted to commit suicide, it's always true. They're always like, yeah, I guess I was trying to prove a point. I was trying to prove something. Some, there's, always a, there's always a trauma or something they're trying to prove in their own self-destruction. So we can instead invite people and say, hey, you are so loved no matter what. You can drink. You can have sex with whoever. You can have sex with a ton of people. Uh, you can smoke. You can become an addict. You totally can. But here's the deal. There will be consequences to that that will F your life up. So I love you. I respect you. And you can choose. Now, you are a very intelligent person. So I have a feeling you'll probably choose this one that will lead you to a happy life. So I'm giving you freedom. I'm respecting your ability to choose, but I'm not 
BSing about the real realities of the consequences. So it's like offering it, like if I'm working with someone who's an addict, I always say right away, hey, dude, you don't have to stop. And that really shocks people because they're not used to someone just being so nonchalant. And I am. I have a very nonchalant, interesting approach to everything because I believe the pressure is what leads to the, the neurosis. It's what leads to the obsession. So I always found it really interesting. There's, um, there's a, the teacher like Alan Watts has this random tidbit in one of his lectures where he says, you know, if someone wants to commit suicide, I just tell them, yeah, go ahead. And he said, he said, ironically, once they realize they can, they realize I don't guess I guess I don't really want to. So uh, I kind of extrapolated that random teaching. Uh, I wouldn't recommend that. It's kind of a dangerous thing to say, but <laughs> you get the point. The, 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 the truth that I extrapolated from that, though, was, hey, Matt, you can look at porn. You can. You can be a porn addict. And my wife actually told me this all the time. She was like, dude, you can do that. But guess what? You just don't get to be with me if you do that. You can be an alcoholic. You just don't get to be with me. And I'm like, okay, so I'm free. However, there's consequences. And this is one of the biggest things that shame and guilt have a really hard time with because they take the concept, this, these, we call them the themes of consciousness. So shame and guilt are energy fields, right? So and we can almost think of them as a, a perspective. So when we're in that energy, we take the teaching of unconditional love. And what it does is it twists unconditional love to be like, I should be able to do whatever I want and still be loved. Now, this is a really interesting, dangerous half-truth because it's like, yes, you are loved, but if you hurt yourself and other people, there are consequences to that that are not loving. Mm -hmm. And this is so subtle and clever of the ego where it will take spiritual truths and twist them. And this is exactly what I did with my religious teachings of well, God's supposed to love me no matter what. So, wow, God's really spiteful if I have to have, if I can't do things or if there's consequences to my actions. Mm -hmm. And so that got twisted to this really dark place of, I should be able to act a fool and still be able to walk into heaven. Let's, let's call it that. I should be able to act a fool, but then tomorrow be a saint and everybody be like, wow, what a saint. Right. And that, that's what led me to going to church on Sunday and playing the part being super like great guy, great kid. No one knew though, because secretly throughout the week, I was just a mess. Yeah. So I'm deluding myself, right? I'm deluding myself because I'm like, I'm, I'm so loved though. I'm still pure. And then I think as time went on, as I matured, I started to realize that I ain't getting away with anything. Mm -hmm. Karma is real and it's watching everything I do. And the universe is hitting me with breakup and heartbreak and almost dying and all these things over and over again, trying to be like, Matt, you are not getting away with anything. So I think at the core of the addict is because of shame and guilt, we think we're outsmarting life. We think I'm getting away with something here. And the, the, the thing that really helps us find the heal is we have to move into the theme of courage, which is the courage to be honest and be like, no, you're not. You're hurting people. You're hurting yourself. You're literally about to die. You're, you're losing all your money. You're losing your relationships. You're distancing yourself from all your loved ones. Your health is going to crap. You're, you got a disease because you're having sex with too many people. You're, you know, you name it. It's like, 
whatever the personal addiction is, um, okay, let's take social media, a lesser of all these evils, I guess I would call it, is you're wasting all your time. You're not doing anything. You're completely unproductive. Um, so whatever it is, we have to get honest with, wait a minute, what is the cost? What's this costing me? Because the addicted mind only focuses on what it's getting. So I was just thinking, man, I'm so smart. I'm getting both. I'm getting to eat my cake and have it too. I want both. But eventually, usually hitting bottom many, many, many times, that's what it was for me. After hitting bottom so many times, you finally realize that is an illusion. You're not actually getting both. If you want to be an addict, you can be an addict, but you don't get the life of a non-addict. You don't get the life of a disciplined person. You don't get the benefits. You just don't. And shame and guilt is like, that's so unfair. God's supposed to love me no matter what. Unconditional love's supposed to not love me no matter what, right? So here comes that argument again. And it's like, yeah, dude, you can be an addict and you're still love. However, you don't get to have all the benefits of being sober. You don't get both. And, and the, the limited ego, the ego of shame and guilt sees that as like really unfair. So when I reflected on my own journey, basically it's a matter of maturity. It's a, it's a matter of, of growing up and being like learning this really basic concept that we're not really, unfortunately, we don't really get taught in a loving way, which is you're free, but there's consequences to life. And instead of trying to avoid them, because I'm afraid, I mean, if I look at it, it's my own insecurities and fear of like, maybe I'm not strong enough to not do this. Maybe I'm not going to be able to do it. Maybe I'm too weak. Maybe, maybe I'm just like not able to. And so instead of like facing my fear, I'll lie to myself, you know, I'll be an addict, but then I'll pretend like I'm not, I'll, I'll do a little bit of both, you know, and I'll try to get the best of both worlds. So long story short, right. This was, this was the, the internal journey. And then eventually as I matured, I started to realize this isn't working and finally just stopped. I don't know <laughs> how else to say it. It just finally ripened. I mean, obviously it didn't just stop. It took hitting bottom over and over and over and over again. And it all accumulated. But one day it just dawned on me. I need to, I need to accept my choices have consequences and I need to stop running from them and be courageous enough to face what I'm running from. So like, like, like Brittany opened with earlier, like, you know, what am I running from? And man, I was running around, running from all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And it's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a right. good example of the consequences. Yeah. That's a good example of the consequences mm-hmm. is, is the addict life is, is freaking exhausting. It is. And because you're riding the highs, sure, but you're always chasing the high. So that chase is really exhausting. And then you also have to deal with the lows. So now you're dealing with all the lows and you know, the only solution is, well, why don't I just get high again? And it's like, oh my gosh, it's a vicious cycle. And it is exhausting. You know, it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Thank you and so I love much. How for... you would... Oh, go ahead, Hannah. I feel like there's a tiny delay on yours. So I want to give you the floor. Go, go ahead. Oh, thank you. I just wanted to add to what you were saying about, you know, being raised religiously and how they were giving you all these rules and now you're living them, but you had to understand why, 
you know, and what mm -hmm. the consequences are. And they would be just telling you, well, you're going to hell if you're not doing that. But in a <laughs> sense, it's funny because in a, you know, in a sense, we are going to hell because if you think of hell as like a mental state and, and a lower oh. consciousness state of being stressed out and exhausted and worried and scared and fearful, that is hell, you know? Totally. So it's kind of, it's kind of true, but, you know, religion twisted it to a sense where it's like, oh, it has to be a devil in the fire or whatever. But, you know, all of us are moving through hell in some way or another at some point in our lives and then realizing, oh, wait, depending on what choices I am doing or making, I can move myself into heaven or hell, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, abs absolutely. And that's why I was, you know, I started with the caveat of, look, I've full disclosure, I believe in these teachings. I do believe we should be clean and sober and healthy. Um, and, and you don't need to be perfect at it, but we do need to be striving for it. And, and I think it's because what you just said is the consequences are real. Like technically what we were taught is legit. You know, you are going to probably ruin your marriage. You are probably going to be lonely. You are probably going to be like broke and have, you know, just like you said, be living in your own personal hell. It is true but I think it comes down to the empowerment piece, right? That's always, I think, what's missing. And, and it's like, it's almost like you feel like you have no choice. And that's why I have this really fascinating thing with religion where I think if they were really bold, any religion that has strict moral codes, the best way for them to go about it, but it's kind of a paradox and an irony, right? Is to say, do what you want, but just know. And they, they just, they're scared to say that though, as ironic as it is, because if you actually, I, look, I've, I've been a school teacher for years. I've seen kids, when you give them the choice and you, you paint it very clearly, they always want it. We all want to strive towards goodness and greatness and happiness. So when you, when you offer it and you give that power to the people, to the person, ironically, they'll rise to the expectation. But religions are afraid to do that. And their fear keeps them from offering. And then they use their own fear to keep us in fear. And it perpetuates the problem. When in reality, they would have way more success having all their members sober and monogamous and you know morally clean and all this stuff if they just were like, Welcome to today's lesson. You all can do whatever you want. Um, today we're just gonna go over today we're gonna go over the, the the benefits of making positive choices and the consequences of negative. And you know what, guys, at the end of the day, do what you want. And if they did that, ironically, they would have astronomically better results with people being so much like and more empowered and we would choose it by our own free will but it's this fascinating thing that we're afraid that we won't choose it now here's a huge another psychology thing is we rise to the expectation placed upon us so if i as a leader project onto you that you probably won't make the right choice mm -hmm. i live up to that expectation and i say I don't know how to make the right choice. So I'm going to go ruin my life now because you told me that like, I'm probably going to do that. Right. So it's so trippy and it's the most fascinating thing as a, as a student of psychology that I've observed. 
I can't reiterate enough, we live up to the expectations placed upon us. So if you, if you assume, this is what I was saying, like as a school teacher, I used to do with the kids, I, I assume they're going to do their homework. I assume they're going to try their best. I don't have to be like, don't, you better do your homework or else you're going to get bad grades. No, I don't need to use fear. I need to be like, hey, just so you know, you, can, you don't have to do your homework, but just know that your grades are going to go down. Your parents will probably get upset and it'll probably cause a lot of stress in your life. And then you'll have to do extra tutoring and you'll have to do all this extra work. And how's that going to be? And then they're all, <laughs> the little kids even are looking at me like, I don't want that. And I'm like, great. Then just do your, do your homework. And they're like, yes, Mr. McLeany, you got it. <laughs> but they feel empowered, right? And then you celebrate the reward. They celebrate doing it. And you can apply this to anything, right? Just give that freedom. And ironically, we get way better results. It's so fascinating, whether it's parenting, religion, coaching, whatever the case. We all crave our sovereignty and freedom to be respected. Well, <laughs> there you have it, folks. <laughs> Dang, I feel like every time you open your mouth, it's just like, boom, like I'm literally being ablazed by your passionate fire for this work. It's so inspiring. I love how it, it's just like the sentiment that you keep coming back to is living in alignment with integrity and taking like immaculate responsibility over your life. And something that I wanted to talk to you about that I've experienced with um, just addicts that I know in my life, extended and family, and um, there are just so many layers and so many dimensions to the ways that we know of or interact with addiction, whether in our own lives or with other people, is the, um, like the, the cycles of trauma that can bring addiction into our lives and us being potentially unaware of what these slopes are that we're slipping into. And especially, um, I call the term circle breakers and I consider myself a circle breaker in my own family. My sister and I both come from alcoholism on both sides of our family. And, um, it can be so empowering to like, not settle for this being genetic. That's a conversation that I hear a lot from people that are um, struggling with addiction. And it's an easy way to kind of just off put the, the behaviors and the addiction and just say like, I'm kind of destined for this. There's not really that much choice that I have in this. So I was wondering if you could speak to anyone else that might be in a similar situation who has people in their lives that are just very, um, self-defeated and maybe they don't even know that they have the choice that they could get out of this situation in their lives. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple things on that. So one of my favorite things to teach when I do a hero's journey program with someone who's struggling with an addiction is I teach exactly what you just said, which is you're the badass who came down to break this. How about that? You're the badass angel who came down and was like, I'm breaking this cycle of suffering. Me. I came here on purpose. I came into this family to end it. That gets you pumped. Even like, you know, and I work with a lot of women too. And even like, they love it. And we all love it because we love the heroicism in us, the heroine, the hero in us. We love it. We love to to access that true potential of, I came here to do something great. And if that's breaking alcoholism, because look, 
if you got a generational cycle of pain, look at how look at the magnitude that you are actually doing. Okay, so let's say an entire lifetime of addiction, the suffering that got rippled out from that, the choices, the abuses, the pains, the lies, the I mean, just ripples and ripples and ripples of of a whole lifetime of hurting people. Okay, so if you've got now many families doing that, like generations, I mean, the magnitude of a suffering karma that you are stopping and putting it into is freaking epic. It's monumental in scale. We're talking millions of people's lives because that addict that hurts his wife or, or she hurts her husband or their kids, that then affects them. And then they go affect other people possibly. And they go affect other people. We're talking humanity scale. Okay. So I, I don't mess around with the, the, the level that I like to talk about because it's so true. We are dealing with a, a, like a universal scale. Every time someone steps up in integrity and breaks a cycle, you just impacted the entire universe. To be honest, even the Buddha said that too. He was like, as you become enlightened, you just enlighten the entire universe. You just impacted everybody every conscious being in this universe, which is so unfathomable, but let's just start with our own human species. So this is, it's no joke to think of yourself in this angelic way of like, I came down as an angelic warrior. And because one of the biggest things addicts say with this topic is, you know, it's very easy to be like, woe is me. I just suck. I was born in a shitty family. This must be my bad karma. This must be my issues. These must, right? We start to identify in a lowly way. And this is going to be the second thing I want to circle back on. But first and foremost is we tend to think lowly of ourselves. So I always like, first thing I do is be like, no, I don't see you that way. I don't believe that. We'll never reinforce that. Mm -hmm. I will see you as you are, and you will rise to that eventually once you've fully been seen in your potential. So when someone comes in to starting to, to work with me, they tend to have that attitude about themselves. Mm -hmm. Well, it's always been this way. Well, I was traumatized. Well, I was abused. So I'm just broken now. And I'm like, BS. No, you're not. No, you're not. How about you came into the shit? Excuse my language. Sorry, everybody. But I get passionate about this. And it's just expression of it. So I apologize. So how about you came into the darkest stuff because guess what? That takes the strongest soul to break. That is no freaking joke. So I honor and I respect you because you are next level. You are next level. Don't let the ego, don't let the, the demons, darkness, negativity, whatever plane of existence you, you talk about that realm, it's real. And there is such a thing that wants to F you up. It wants to pull you down. It wants to self-destruct. Uh, even if you just refer to it as an energy, like even Freud, you know, knew it was there. It's the death principle. It's this, it's this energy within us. that's self-destructive. So I could connect with you on any plane and it's real. Okay. So it's real. Uh, I'm going to just lean into the spiritual. Cause that's what I, what I believe is the highest realm we could be talking about it as, but there is such a thing as a darkness that's trying to keep you in suffering because it's in suffering and for you to break out invalidates it. Okay. So let's say this, we all know this on a human scale. If I am under my potential and you are in my exact same situation and you get out of it, you make me look bad. Okay. 
So now I'm being held to that standard of like, oh, now I got to heal. Now I got to get better. So it's pretty easy to see that on the demonic or dark level, if they're in suffering, they want to keep you in suffering. It's called the um, crab in the pail phenomenon. If you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, when one tries to almost get out, it's a weird thing that they do. The crabs will grab their leg and pull them back into the bucket. So this is a really fascinating thing in psychology that my teacher refers to in the spiritual realms is when, when we try to break out of a paradigm, it's very common for our friends and for our circle, our family even, to try to pull us back down. And the reason why their egos do that is because you rising above challenges them to have to do the same, especially if it's family, because there's no excuses. You're the same family. Now, friends, same thing right? So it doesn't matter whatever plane. So now let's go back to your own personal spiritual. You've got family, you've got friends, you've got your circle, you've got people that have seen your journey and you breaking out of that challenges all of them. And it challenges all the demons that have been screwing with you and planting all your temptations and feeding off of your negative energy and enjoying your suffering, right? We're talking a war, okay? We're talking a monumental level of resistance. I don't know about you, but that takes an extremely strong person. So the funny thing with addicts is I look at them as warriors. I don't call it a hero's journey for no reason. It's like, it's freaking heroic. It takes a lot of courage to be honest with ourselves. It takes a lot of courage to look at our shadows. It takes a lot of courage to look at our addictions. So I honor that and I respect that. And here's what's really funny. One of my favorite things that I love hearing from people is, one of the feedbacks I get uh, that's common with this particular topic of addiction is people say, I love how Matt makes it really exciting when I reveal crappy things about my life, <laughs> because basically whatever they come at it with, like, out there, it's like this heavy thing. Well, I was raped. I was abused. I had this. I'm like, fuck, yes, then we're breaking this. Like, then let's you're the one, you know, and I get all excited because I don't focus on woe is you like, yeah, you are screwed. You are broken. I say, wow. That means you're that much, the, the, the worse it is, the more powerful they are. That's how I view them. That's how I view people. So the more crap you've been through, the more powerful I see you. So you could imagine an addict coming into this environment. And this is that second thing I, was, I wanted to circle back on is we rise to the expectations placed upon us. So you could imagine someone who has a low self-esteem, who's been beaten down their whole lives. They've gone through trauma. They've gone through abuse. They, whatever, they've, got the, they've got the modeling of the, the genetics, whatever. Um, and, and so they're used to feeling low about themselves. They're used to that. And so when someone finally doesn't reinforce that and instead is like, actually, the thing you think is your weakness, I think is your greatest strength. So what, do you, what else you got to say? <laughs> what other excuse do you have? Because I will always see how gifted you are. I will always see how blessed you are. I will always see how empowered you are and how great you must be because you came in to do something phenomenal. And you could imagine everybody just being like, it blows people away because we're not used to being honored. We're not used to being seen in this way. And to me, I think it's the most celestial way we can view each other is to be like, that's a God and that's a goddess right there. That's a king, that's a queen. And everybody who's in integrity, I honor and I respect in that way. I'm like, mad respect, man. Like, I appreciate you. I appreciate your work. I appreciate what you've overcome. And one of the, the biggest things I teach on this topic is I'll tell people, 
your greatest wounds become your greatest gifts to the world. Okay, so I'm so passionate about this because of the shame and guilt I've been through. That's why. That's why I'm so passionate about helping people feel loved is because of how I was treated. I would never want to repeat that. And every addict I've ever met or everyone who's been through abuse or trauma, I always tell them, here's a good one way for everybody listening to resonate is whatever the most negative thing you've been through is, I guarantee you, you probably are hyper aware of that topic and making sure people feel loved about it. So like, here's an example. If someone's been raped, they're probably extremely sensitive to other people who have maybe been around it, gone through it. You're probably the most loving person about that topic. Interesting. So something that has started out as a trauma has now become one of your biggest offerings to other people. So even if we take that that angle of, well, I've been through all this stuff, so I'm ruined. I'm like, no, no, you're just getting warmed up. You're just understanding your gift. You're just understanding what you came here to do. And it's ironic because we tend to think our gift is like the positive thing only. Like it's just, it all came from goodness and it's great. Yeah, there's, there's talents and gifts that are like that. But a lot of the most powerful ones come from the catharsis, come from the transformation, transmutation of a pain. That is powerful because it, it comes from experience. And then I guess the, the last thing that I always would say on a scientific level is uh, on the genetic thing, they've proven that that's not true. So you got to just look up epigenetics. And it's been proven now that consciousness turns genes on and off, not genes, you know, are first. So they've, they've proven that. So that's, that's scientifically proven now. So I always teach that too. I talk a lot, a lot about epigenetics and how um, it's, it's a paradigm shift that we have to make. Consciousness is first and foremost. So your soul, you know, your, your intentions, your motive transcends everything. Your biology, you know, like I could go into that whole world forever, but it's been proven so many times that there's really no, there's nothing to say there either. Yeah, <laughs> it's, so, it's beautiful. I'm not passionate about this at all. You know, like, I don't. Dude, no, we love it. We need people like you in the world. It's so, it's like exuding out of every pore of your being and you're serving the world in such a great place. You made our jobs very, very easy. (laughs) You're the one man show. Drop in the wisdom the way that needs to come out of you right now. We, we were talking before and we we're like, we don't really know where this is going to flow, but we'll just let it flow and let it take us, which we usually do in, in episodes. And it's just always so fun to see where it's taking us. And it's exactly what is needed in each yes. moment. And so thank you, Matt. Yes, absolutely. So we do have our sacred questions, our questions that we ask each and every guest at the end of our episodes. And because there's no excuses. You're the same family. Now, friends, same thing, right? So it doesn't matter whatever plane. So now let's go back to your own personal spiritual. You've got family, you've got friends, you've got your circle, you've got people that have seen your journey and you breaking out of that challenges all of them. And it challenges all the demons that have been screwing with you and planting all your temptations and feeding off of your negative energy and enjoying your suffering, right? We're talking a war, okay? We're talking a monumental level of resistance. I don't know about you, but that takes an extremely strong person. So the funny thing with addicts is I look at them as warriors, 
I don't call it a hero's journey for no reason. It's like, it's freaking heroic. It takes a lot of courage to be honest with ourselves. It takes a lot of courage to look at our shadows. It takes a lot of courage to look at our addictions. So I honor that and I respect that. And here's what's really funny. One of my favorite things that I love hearing from people is one of the feedbacks I get uh, that's common with this particular topic of addiction is people say, I love how Matt makes it really exciting when I reveal crappy things about my life (laughs) because basically whatever they come at it with, like out there, it's like this heavy thing. Well, I was raped. I was abused. I had this. I'm like, fuck yes. Then we're breaking this. Like then let's, you're the one, you know? And I get all excited because I don't focus on woe is you like, yeah, you are screwed. You are broken. I say, wow, that means you're that much. The, the, The worse it is, the more powerful they are. That's how I view them. That's how I view people. So the more crap you've been through, the more powerful I see you. So you could imagine an addict coming into this environment. And this is that second thing I, was, I wanted to circle back on is we rise to the expectations placed upon us. So you could imagine someone who has a low self-esteem, who's been beaten down their whole lives. They've gone through trauma. They've gone through abuse. They, whatever, they've, got the, they've got the modeling of the, the genetics, whatever. Um, and, and so they're used to feeling low about themselves. They're used to that. And so when someone finally doesn't reinforce that and instead is like, actually, the thing you think is your weakness, I think is your greatest strength. So what, do you, what else you got to say? <laughs> what other excuse do you have? Because I will always see how gifted you are. I will always see how blessed you are. I will always see how empowered you are and how great you must be because you came in to do something phenomenal. And you could imagine everybody just being like, it blows people away because we're not used to being honored. We're not used to being seen in this way. And to me, I think it's the most celestial way we can view each other is to be like, that's a God and that's a goddess right there. That's a king, that's a queen. And everybody who's in integrity, I honor and I respect in that way. I'm like, mad respect, man. Like, I appreciate you. I appreciate your work. I appreciate what you've overcome. And one of the the biggest things I teach on this topic is I'll tell people your greatest wounds become your greatest gifts to the world. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm so passionate about this because of the shame and guilt I've been through. That's why, that's why I'm so passionate about helping people feel loved is because of how I was treated. I never want to repeat that. Mm -hmm. And every addict I've ever met or everyone who's been through abuse or trauma, I always tell them, here's a good one way for everybody listening to resonate is whatever the most negative thing you've been through is, I guarantee you, you probably are hyper aware of that topic and making sure people feel loved about it. So like, here's an example. If someone's been raped, they're probably extremely sensitive to other people who have maybe been around it, gone through it. You're probably the most loving person about that topic. Interesting. So something that has started out as a trauma has now become one of your biggest offerings to other people. So even if we take that that angle of, well, I've been through all this stuff, so I'm ruined. I'm like, no, no, you're just getting warmed up. You're just understanding your gift. You're just understanding what you came here to do. And it's ironic because we tend to think our gift is like the positive thing only. Like it's just, it all came from goodness and it's great. Yeah, there's, there's, talents and gifts that are like that. But a lot of the most powerful ones come from the catharsis, come from the transformation, transmutation of a pain. That is powerful because it it comes from experience. 
And then I guess the, the last thing that I always would say on a scientific level is uh, on the genetic thing, they've proven that that's not true. So you got to just look up epigenetics. And it's been proven now that consciousness turns genes on and off, not genes, you know, are first. So they've, they've proven that. So that's, that's scientifically proven now. So I always teach that too. I talk a lot, a lot about epigenetics and how um, it's, it's a paradigm shift that we have to make. Consciousness is first and foremost. So your soul, you know, your, your intentions, your motive transcends everything. Your biology, you know, like I could go into that whole world forever. But it's been proven so many times that there's really no, there's nothing to say there either. Yeah. It's, so, it's beautiful. I'm not passionate about this at all. You know, like, I don't. Dude, <laughs> no, we love it. We need people like you in the world. It's so, it's like exuding out of every pore of your being and you're serving the world in such a great place. You made our jobs very, very easy. <laughs> you're the one man show. Drop in the wisdom the way that needs to come out of you right now. <laughs> We, we were talking before and we we're like, we don't really know where this is going to flow, but we'll just let it flow and let it take us, which we usually do in, in episodes. And it's just always so fun to see where it's taking us. And it's exactly what is needed in each yes. moment. And so thank you, Matt. Yes, absolutely. So we do have our sacred questions, our questions that we ask each and every guest at the end of our episodes. And my mind that instantly denies it and is like, you're not helping anybody. That's my temptation. And the way Ash and I look at that is like, man, how obvious could it be? You got, a, you got someone who's spreading a lot of love, convince them that no one cares to get them to stop. So that's, that's something that I'm working on. And I appreciate you saying that. And even now, just letting you into my own vulnerabilities is like, I have to accept that. I have to be like, yes, I'm a good man. I'm doing good things. I'm great. I'm, I'm doing something of worth. And It's fascinating. That comes from my own shame and guilt and the misuse of the teaching of be humble to a kind of degrading, weird way. So now I can't even accept good things, even if I am doing something good. So I really appreciate that. It took a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. That's why I honor people in integrity. It takes a lot of work to be in integrity. It takes a lot of work to be courageous, to spread love and light in this world. It ain't easy. <laughs> it's like, it's extremely hard. So I will work on accepting that. Yes. You know, like, yes, this, this experience touched someone's life and actually made a difference. I accept that. Yes. That's beautiful. And I love that you touched on that and also shared your vulnerabilities because, you know, we have to, there are always, it's so easy to go into pedestal thinking and feeling like, wow, this person has it all figured out and they're all pure in their lives. But just knowing, hey, we all have shadows and oh, it's yeah. actually like it makes life fun too you know we can play with them and we can see okay cool um we don't have to dive into them and you know surrender to the shadow but rather like hey let me uh let me work with it and it actually just as you were saying like turn it into a gift mm. so Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Matt, for being here. And I just like at the end, I would just would love for you to just share when people want to work with you. Uh, what are you offering? Mm. So the main things, uh, as far as working with me directly, uh, I do a transformation program that is called the hero's journey. 
And uh, I work with whatever is coming up in the person's life. It could be anything. I mean, it could just be they want to deepen their spiritual practice to I have massive trauma and abuses that I'm trying to work through and everything in between. And my goal is to educate and teach you the tools to basically liberate yourself and set yourself free because I don't want to treat you. I want to create healing. And so the program itself is usually time limited. I don't want to work with someone forever. I want them to learn how to heal themselves. Um, so the process is a journey of reaching their own heroic potential and then realizing how to maintain that and enjoy it on their own. So it's a lot of processes, inner work, um, you know, motivation where we'll do calls each week. But then the biggest thing that I love about it is um, they have access to me throughout the week with text and voice memo and stuff. And that allows the connection to stay alive and real. And most importantly, I believe that healing only can come from the energy of unconditional love. So by offering this really interesting, intimate, limited form, I can't do this with that many people, as you can imagine, because of the energy that I have to show up to lighten the load. Um, whatever it is that they're carrying, my opening thing that I always will share is like, okay, well, you don't have to carry that alone anymore. I'm going to carry that with you. So by having that intimate connection, I believe it's, it's the only thing that can foster real healing because it has genuine camaraderie and companionship. It's not like a therapist where it's like, yeah, okay, cool, man. Talk to you next week. Like, I don't know. What did I get out of that? My mom has been going to therapy for 30 years and nothing's changed. So it's building this actual experience and relationship with them. So that's my, that's my passion. That is like my everything that I pour my heart and soul into. But um, you know, we also have our yoga teacher training. Um, that's another huge aspect that we offer, you know, how to do this yourself, how to take, first of all, as a yoga asana teacher, but also we teach how to be a healer in our teacher training. It, it's really um, deep. It's, it's very philosophically based and spiritually based. It's called Sacred Yoga Institute. And uh, for those that are yoga teachers, but also want to deepen maybe becoming a healer, we also offer that that has a, all the same stuff. You know, I basically teach you how to do what I do and, and, and the why and the ins and outs of it all. And uh, the, the, the best way, though, the right away just to get started is to uh, read our book, The Inner Work. And The Inner Work is designed to take you on the hero's journey. And it, I would say that's the easiest way to get started and the most affordable right away, because the book is really going to give you the foundation and, and it's designed to intentionally take you through the journey. Uh, so that's, I think those would be the main things that, um, that are available. And then of course on Instagram. And then I think you also have an, uh, I just wanted to add, you also have an online course. I think it's called revealed and healed. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so for pornography addiction in particular, uh, I have a course called revealed and healed that is specific to that. I do, I will probably expand to also include other addictions. But right now that's the main one that I created a, a specific course for. Um, you know, and, and if you just head over to the yogacouple.com, we also have a few other, we have like a pranayama course. We have a free frequency reset challenge that you can go through. So there's, there's a lot of different offerings depending on what your need is, you know, and, and what you have going on. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk too much about the pornography. So I, I didn't think of that today, but yeah. 
Yeah, no worries at all. And just to let the audience know, we're going to leave links to all this in the description of this episode. Make sure to follow them on Instagram too. They're leaving droplets of wisdom in their Instagram stories and their posts are always so insightful. Big, beautiful, long microblog captions that you can learn so much from. And the other day I downloaded TikTok and y'all are famous. Y'all are blowing the whole TikTok up, like go follow them on TikTok too. Really incredible little um, bites of wisdom within that yeah. freaking hilarious platform. <laughs> one, one minute truth bombs. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Beautiful. Well, if you're here with, with us till the end of the episode, for all of our audience out there, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you have a really great rest of your day. Thank you, Matt, for joining us. Make sure to connect with him on a deeper level if you are feeling called. And we'll see you again in another two weeks with a brand new episode. And also for those of you who want to go deeper and learn more about um, Brits and my personal journey with addictions and moving through all that, we're going to have a separate uh, conversation on Patreon that we're going to continue. So meet us there. And yeah, thank you all. Thank you, Matt, again. This was amazing. Absolutely. My pleasure. Namaste. Namaste. Have a great day. Namaste.